0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Fontanelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network as we broadcast from the Nebraska State Fair and something different. I actually get to have my commodity brokers sit next to me for this report. Lots of things i will look at as we factor into this market here. Some negativity seen on the screen on both sides of the fence. Our focus initially is going to be on what's happening in this livestock front. From the weather perspective, the big question is, are you done with it? Are we done marketing the weather? Is it going to be a factor that we're going to have to continue to look at? We'll get all those details today as Kyle Bumstead joins us. Kyle, of course, with Allendale, sitting right next to me at the Nebraska State Fair. First of all, welcome to the State Fair. A beautiful day for you to be here. We're going to talk a little bit about weather, but first and foremost, this cattle market has got some struggles going on today.
1: That's right, Susan. First of all, thanks for having me back, and yeah, it's a beautiful day here at the Nebraska State Fair. Uh, yeah, as you uh, pointed out there, today was a struggle here in this cattle complex. We uh, opened up and started selling off and really just didn't get a chance to even trade back the steady money here in either the feeders or the fats. Now, uh, we do have August Live Cattle. They did post some deliveries yesterday yesterday. Um, and, and uh, that's basically due to the fact that the board at that time was trading 181 and we finished it at 178 and that's where last week's cash in the south was is 178 but we also have the August live cattle contract going off tomorrow so there could have been some of that just get me out type trade also the August feeder cattle go off tomorrow as well so there could have been some of that get me out type of trade as well just you know that kind of pressured it but when you look at that feeder cattle board we're trading a premium September to the August and the August is right around that 249.15, I believe is where the index is going to come in out here this afternoon based on the preliminary index numbers and that uh, september is trading around 250 to 252 so there's a little bit of premium out there that i think could come down here to meet that index because uh, september is a short month here uh, with feeder cattle as, as far as that's concerned and then on the live cattle side of things here you know october i think that we've still got some cattle here in front of us here to uh, work through here short term uh, but i do look for that southern cash uh, trade to potentially start maybe you know Maybe find a bottom here and start grinding higher and uh, the northern cash trade maybe stay stagnant. So I look for those to kind of converge here over the coming maybe four to six weeks here as far as the cash market's concerned.
0: So as we look at the box beef, I mean, we've seen it take a step back once again. Is this going to be our little bit of a lull, as and are the low that is as we get past Labor Day and, and move towards mid-September?
1: That's a good question. We don't have any holidays now until Thanksgiving. Then between Thanksgiving and uh, Christmas are your uh, you know Christmas parties and, and restaurant parties and things like that. So I do look for us to maybe struggle here. I think right after the holiday you could see some push lists uh, just for some quick ship type stuff to get some uh, meat back into the retail space. But uh, we've basically got all of our procurement done here for Labor Day as that's this weekend. And uh, you know maybe shortly, like I said, after the holiday we see a little bit of a push here on some boxes here. But uh, you know this weather being hot like it is, people don't like to stand outside and grill, and uh, that could be an effect too. So that, that that's where the weather could come into play on that.
0: You know, the people don't want to stand outside and grill, and the cattle don't want to eat either. So even though weights are starting to come back, you look at weights from two weeks ago because that's when we get the latest updated. Are you seeing a drop in those numbers from two weeks ago?
1: Uh, no, as a matter of fact, last Thursday they were higher, and so we're all kind of waiting on the edge of our seat to see what uh, tomorrow's weights uh, on Thursday, what they come out to be, and it wouldn't surprise me if uh, you know, they're a little bit higher. Um, I don't know if they've necessarily taken uh, a bunch of tonnage off the market. We've maybe lost some efficiency, but with the price of corn like, it, like it's doing here, corn going down uh, and that premium out there and the deferred issues in the, in the live cattle board, we could uh, potentially see some weight get put back on these cattle because uh, the feed cost is going down some.
0: Overall, what's the technical picture looking like for cattle at this point? Yeah,
1: that's a very good question. As far as the technical picture goes, this October board needs to hold last week's lows around that one seventy seven sixty to one seventy seven and a half area. That's kind of some major support, and I think if you violate that, you could see another seven to ten dollars down pretty quickly in this cattle complex, especially the live cattle.
0: Well, you did talk about the about the cash um, from a northern perspective. As we look at our neighbors to the south, is there some competition that could be happening?
1: Possibly, yeah. We're we're uh, you know a lot of northern cattle are going south right now to get slaughtered, and I think that's because the the grade in the south is uh, is uh, not uh, the, the cattle aren't grading here as well in the south. And I think that uh, over time here, as this thing cools off, you're probably going to get that grade to, to finally start picking back up in those southern plains.
0: Overall, um, it's just talking weather from a from a livestock perspective, the big picture is we're past it. We're going to move forward. The lost cattle that happened and the concerns about weights. Is that going to be just a short-term effect that you're seeing in this cattle market?
1: I think it is just a short-term effect that we're going to see in this complex. Long-term, I still think that uh, we're in a a longer-term major bull market here as far as uh, the technical picture goes. But in the meantime, we've got plenty of cattle up front here, and I think that once we get uh, past the new year, we start getting into the first half of next year, I think that there's a potential we could put in a long-term high out there in the first half of next year. So um, what it might take to do that, number one, we already know the numbers are going to be shorter. Number two, we need this managed money to keep pumping money into these, this cattle complex. But number three, it may take a snowstorm scare or, or uh, something like that in order to, to push this thing up. Now, uh was just running some break-evens here with some folks based off the October futures board. Uh, for the feeder cattle, the June live cattle board, and uh, using a Western Kansas cash corn index at 504 a bushel. uh, You're talking uh, roughly a 210 break even on those fats that are going to get placed off the October board. So that's where I'm going to stress to producers, you know, definitely, definitely take a look at your bottom line here when uh, you're putting those cattle in the yard.
0: So let's take a look at the other species because we saw some decent numbers taking place in the hogs today.
1: Yeah, we did. And I think hogs just kind of got some technical buying going on in there uh, from the looks of it. Um, There's really not a lot of uh, major fundamentals here that are really bullish hogs. We're coming into that fall time frame here where uh, it's typically bearish on the hog side of things. And uh, when you look at the uh, amount of hogs that they have in China, I really don't see our export picture picking up real, uh, you know, substantially going to China here at this point in time. So um, I do think that the hogs are still going to face some headwinds moving forward. But today was just one of those days where, you know, basically ran out of sellers.
0: This is kind of one of those seesaw type of markets. We're up today, so the chances of being down tomorrow.
1: <laughs> that, yeah, anything's possible here, you know, as we're rounding out the week here, is It was a Wednesday. It was the first day uh, back here for, for the uh, non-commercials to uh, start position scoring for the CFTC Commitments Traders Report, which anything done today will be uh, released on the report a week from friday so you know we might not know what's going on for another you know six seven days out there uh, as far as that goes so we could have seen some non-commercial buying take place here today we won't know it for another week yet
0: all right well stick around folks we've got a lot more coming up as we broadcast today from the nebraska state fair we're going to flip the page and take a look at what's going on on the grain side of it kind of an interesting story to tell there as well more is coming up it's the font final bell right here on the rural radio network
1: Summer is going fast, and Husker Harvest Days is right around the corner. Please join us one final year in the Fontenelle Tent at the show September 12th through the 14th near Grand Island. There's plenty to talk about, including the merger into the new Channel Seed brand, our proven performance potential, and an expanded corn portfolio for 2024. So stop and see Fontenelle at Husker Harvest Days, the same local commitment with new possibilities. Always read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. ARVN.
0: Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we're continuing our conversation here at the Nebraska State Fair with Kyle Bumstead. Kyle, of course, with Allendale sitting right next to me. It's kind of nice at the fair to have somebody uh, right here. And I'm just going to put in a quick plug. You will be uh, joining us for one of the days at Husker Harvest Days as well. So that's just uh, less than two weeks away. So we're going to flip the page and kind of take a look at what's happening on the on this grain perspective everybody here at the State Fair is all talking about weather. I get it because weather has really affected folks in one way, shape, or form. But at this point, we're looking at the 30th of August. Is there something we can move on to? Is weather kind of had its run in the market trade?
1: Me, personally, yes. I think weather's had its run in the market trade. We've already we've already killed, you know, our, our maturity is far enough along where basically we've killed the crop. We, we probably can't kill it again. Yes, it's going to get hot next week. I get it. But... We're at that point where I don't think it matters anymore. We've turned the calendar into September now uh, at the end of the week. And to me, it doesn't matter anymore. It should, but it doesn't matter because I think with the stress that we've had, we've already taken the top end off this crop. And yeah, I, I know there's issues out there. I've seen them in our fields and I've seen them you know, flying over, looking at crops across the, you know, the central plains here. But until we start to get some better demand for U.S. grain, corn, soybeans, and wheat, I don't think it's going to have an effect on things for a while, Susan.
0: What about export number-wise? I mean, it's... Been extremely quiet for the end of August, with September starting here tomorrow.
1: It has been very quiet, and that's what that's tomorrow. Yeah, so. yeah, day after tomorrow. Well, who's counting anyway? Uh, but you know, looking at it, that's the that's the point I was I'm making here is we don't have the export demand now. We do have the biofuel, we have the ethanol, we have the 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 soybean crush here as far as biodiesel and things like that. We still got some good feed demand out there, but if uh, we're going to be cutting back on numbers here after the first of the year as far as this cattle complex goes, then we probably will see some issues here as far as another leg of uh, demand that's going to get swept out from underneath us so that export market really needs to start picking up and we're just not seeing a lot of sales down here on this 480 mark in uh, December corn and we have uh, made some sales here the last few days here some small sales as far as uh, soybeans and a little bit of corn some of that corn was even for two years out but we're just not seeing the demand picture that we had a year ago
0: can we blame it on the dollar for part of that
1: Possibly yes or possibly politics. or I think politics are playing a bigger driver out of it You know one of our biggest consumers of uh, American grain has gone to the southern hemisphere They've gone to Brazil China's gone to Brazil to get the source of their corn and soybeans and uh, you know I, I guess uh, they've got the political relations out there and I think a lot of the political relations need to be uh, kind of mended here in order for them to come back to us
0: Can it be done? I mean obviously not this growing season and how much is that going to hurt our market trade going forward or does it open up the potential for new markets?
1: Well, it could open up the potential for new markets, no doubt, but uh, I think in order for them to come back, I think uh, grains are going to have to get cheaper here in order for them to come back to us because when you look at the corn, uh, corn market here, the commercials are just uh, growing more comfortable with the supply and demand situation we have as they've widened those spreads out from Dec to March and uh, Dec to May and Dec to July. They're building more carry in this market. I realize the crop is probably not as big as as uh, the USDA or whoever wants to say it is, Crop Tour or whatever, But the fact of the matter is the commercials are getting more comfortable with the size of the crop that we have or the fact that demand has become complacent right now so they don't have to really bid up to buy it.
0: All right, let's take a look at that weather in South America. What are you hearing at this point?
1: You know, so far, I guess uh, you know some of it's going to be, or most of it's going to be, watching here as far as uh, El Nino uh, in the southern hemisphere uh, for this growing season that they've got coming up down there. So we really need to keep our eyes on that as far as uh, what our El Nino picture looks like up here. You know, we've we've got El Nino, La Nina. What are we in? Are we in a transition? What are we doing here? And I think that's where a lot of folks are kind of focusing on. You know, what what is the weather picture? And I think that that's what we need to really keep an eye on as far as our El Nino situation down there. All
0: right, what's the one thing that you're going to be looking at as you as you? T- talk markets and have that conversation with customers at this point as those combines start to hit the field?
1: That's a good question. Do we sell it off the combine? Do we store it? What do we do here? And from a technical picture here, we're kind of setting up like we did in 2013, where we made some highs here at the uh, end of August, first part of September. And then we were pushing into, uh, you know, new yearly lows here by the time we got into corn picking time, you know, towards the middle of October. And uh, soybeans were kind of the same situation. We had made some highs here about this time of year uh, on the calendar for both corn and soybeans. And then we'd uh, ultimately went on and pushed and made new lows here by the time the combines finally got rolling. So I do think the technical picture is something we need to keep an eye on. Also, keep an eye on the option volatility. Is it, uh, does it make more sense for me to sell it off the combine than replace it with an option or uh, just sell it and be happy, or uh, do I need to you know, lock up something that's going to be sitting in the bins for, quite, for a while out there? Do I need to get something underneath there to kind of protect this thing?
0: Well, speaking of sitting in the bins, that seems to be the theme as I talk to wheat producers. They're used to selling off the combine, and that ain't happening this year.
1: Yeah, that's uh, and the market's telling us that uh, there, there's plenty of wheat around here as far as the USA goes, or we have a lack of demand. I think it's a combination of both. You know, one extra bushel of wheat in the world is uh, too much too much wheat, and with the CME group uh, coming out with variable storage rates again, as far as the Chicago wheat's concerned, that's never bullish when they start whiting out the, that, that carries because they've gone from five cents a month to now eight cents a month as far as storage goes. So. You know, in a carry market like we're at, we've been at 100% full commercial carry here for several weeks at a time. In a carry market, you will uh, over time see those deferred contracts come down to where the lead contract goes off. So that is something there uh, that producers do need to keep an eye on for sure.
0: All right, best way for folks to get a hold of you?
1: Uh, you can call me at the office at 308 708 7340.
0: All right, thanks so much. Kyle Bumstead joining us right here at the Nebraska State Fair. As we always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. That's a Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.